Hello again, everybody. It is time once again for the Mainland Podcast. This is episode 284. I'm Michael Citro, founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, the SB Nation website covering Orlando City, the Orlando Pride, and all things soccer-related in the city. Beautiful. Joining me, as always, from the beautiful city of Tallahassee, Florida, David Rowe. Dave, how you doing this week? I am well, sir. Actually, I'm very well. Um, gosh, I mean, with the stuff that we get to talk about tonight, it's, uh, as, as the uh, kids would put it, that's good stuff. Is that what the kids are saying these days? I don't know. <laughs> you have kids. Yeah, like they talk to me. Oh, you probably get more talking than I do because you have more kids. Well, that's true, but it's it's a lot of there's a lot of eye rolling and things like that. So yeah, I think eye rolling is code for something. I'm just not sure what it is yet. It's the new slang. It's yeah, like it's yeah. human emoji. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, Dave. Why don't we get into this week's show? Of course, the big story: Orlando City opening the season. That would be the 2022 Major League Soccer season. And, of course, at home at Exploria Stadium, this is season number eight for the Lions. And lo and behold, they went out and got themselves not a draw, which is amazing. And, in fact, a 2-0 victory, the second straight 2-0 victory in the regular season over the same opponent, CF Montreal. So picking up where they left off at the uh, end of the regular season last year. And this was uh, a game that you and I both uh, thought could be a draw. Mm-hmm. And uh, so where where were our predictions? I was nil-nil, and that didn't happen. I was half right. <laughs> uh, I was 2-2. Two, two. And so I at least had the correct score for the Lions, just not for uh, the club they fooked. Yeah, the uh, clubfoots didn't really get anything going. They had uh, a couple of half chances in each half, and really not a whole lot uh, happening. We have uh, we had Antonio Carlos back. He missed basically all of preseason. It gets put right in the starting lineup and just goes out and has an MLS Team of the Week performance. Nine clearances, really didn't let Kyoto get going, really didn't uh, allow much from... Uh, Georgie Mihailovic or anybody else really uh, even when Kai Kamara came on late he didn't really affect the game much either so uh, a great game really from the back line I thought across the board from Jean Moutinho all the way across to Juan it was a first team uh, back line for this game in front of Pedro Galese and they all did I think a spectacular job the only of course drawback with the back line is that Roman Janssen gets two yellow cards in the game and will miss the road opener at Chicago on Saturday. And that's unfortunate because he really did nothing to get the first yellow. The second yellow was a no-brainer. He had to give it. But the first one, all he did was really step between Romel Kyoto and Antonio Carlos. He put his hands on him, but like not in a way. I mean, we've seen actual hands to Orlando City faces that have not gotten yellow cards. And this was just like just a couple of a, a, a brush on the chest to just say, hey, you know, back off my, my guy. And uh, Kyoto, of course, then responded with, as as one does, double-fisted punch into the abdomen and gets uh, red-carded. Uh, so the only blemish on the, the back line is the Janssen um, sending off, which uh, after two yellows, uh, he made a play in the second half where he stepped up. It was actually late in the game. He stepped up to try to... Uh, stop an attack and did not get the ball. And in that instance, uh, the defender doesn't get the ball. You got to get the man because otherwise you're giving up, um, you know, you're giving up a a scoring chance. And I know there's a lot of consternation from the fandom about him taking that up two goals. People saying, well, he had, he had uh, defenders behind him that could have helped out. And it's, that's great. In the moment on the field, you probably don't realize how much help you have behind you. And, you know, he did what, the instinctual thing was to do there, and I can't really fault him too much for that. I don't really think it matters that it was a two-goal lead because if he doesn't make the foul there and they go down to score, it's now squeaky bum time with Kai Kamara on the pitch over the last 10 minutes plus stoppage time. 
Yes, and Kai Kamara has broken our hearts over and over and over again. So uh, it's squeaky bum time indeed. And like you said, the, the first one, the first yellow uh, should not have been given. Um, it, speaking of that, uh, that double fist uh, punch by Kyoto, I didn't realize that we had, he had switched over to Mortal Kombat uh, mode instead of FIFA mode in his uh, PlayStation. But evidently that's what happened and, and he paid for it. Um, yeah. The best part of that was actually Antonio Carlos just laughing at him after he, you know, threw his shoulder into Antonio Carlos and he just laughs. And that's when Robin came up and said, Hey, you know, back off. Uh, you know, he might've put like four fingers on him or something like that. You know, thumb and two fingers on each hand, you know, that was, that was it. Um, but you know, Janssen has since uh, apologized for the the red. Um, you know, he's a professional. It was I don't know that he would should or would have done anything different. But you know, he, he came out and said, "Hey, you know, that's that's on me, guys." And and fortunately, we have a pretty decent uh, guy behind him with Rodrigo Schlegel going into Chicago. Yeah, you hate to to see uh, something happen though to derail a defense that played so well together in game one and it was yeah. it was just it was tough and you know I didn't really we didn't really notice the yellow at the time we were you know up in the box we're writing we're tweeting um we obviously saw the red and we're all tweeting about the red and then the yellow came out and I don't think any of us ever saw it in the press box and then uh of course they didn't announce it in the press box either um at least not that I noticed uh so it was it was a little surprising when the the yellow came out there um, to me, and, and then it, it went to from yellow to red, but I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, and I don't know that he got it for the push, uh, if you want to call it a push on Kyoto, or if he got it for something he said, and if he did, Robin, I know you're listening to the show, use your Swedish around those MLS refs. Yeah, there ain't no way that those guys are speaking Swedish. <laughs> so, you know, you can use all the colorful words you want to, call Rommel, whatever you want, uh, but uh, do it in Swedish. Yeah, no English. That's all we're saying. Yeah, or Spanish. All right, so let's uh, let's get into the game a little bit. Of course, we saw the uh, debut for Cesar Araujo, MLS debut, Orlando City debut. Same thing with Facu Torres and the other players on the field. Uh, it was a four-two-three-one essentially with uh, Araujo playing next to Andres Perea, which was a little bit of a surprise that it wasn't Mendez, mm-hmm. and uh, a little bit of a surprise that maybe not Urso as well. So, you know, I, I was a little concerned because it, Montreal can be a physical team, and also uh, Montreal is a good counter-attacking team, and they their press can be a problem. So I didn't know that I didn't know that Perea was the right guy to pair with a 20 year old start in his first MLS game. And then uh, up front or in that, that attacking trio, you had uh, Benji, Michelle, Mauricio Pereira and uh, Torres. And then of course you had uh, up top Alexander Pato first start since his uh, season opener last year. Yeah. And this one went a lot better than that one. Fortunately for all of us, it did. And even though it didn't go as long, he actually uh, came off a little earlier than uh, he did last year, um, mainly because he was on the field a long time last year after the injury. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a good lineup. I, I did question Perea in the press box before the game. I was like, I don't know that that's the right guy to pair with him for this. Um, and the first half, I thought that kind of bore out. I, I thought that when Orlando had problems in the middle of the pitch. It was usually because Perea was dispossessed, made a bad decision, uh, went the wrong way with the ball, or made a poor pass. I didn't think that he had a particularly strong first half. And even despite that, I thought that the team played pretty well and should have had a lead. I think there was a point in the game where uh, they had numbers in the box and Pato laid off for Benji, and Benji could have shot. Uh, But instead, I think he was trying to figure out if he left his iron on at home. (laughs) <laughs> and it's kind of like, hmm, did the thinky face emoji, what am I going to do now? Oh, well, I'm not going to do anything because the ball is gone. I don't have it anymore because I delayed in the box, and that's not something that you should do. Uh, there were there were some opportunities there for Orlando City, and, and they didn't get it done. And it was nil-nil at halftime. 
I, I think that Benji's main problem was he couldn't figure out how to fall down when shooting at that point, and so he was unable to take the shot. Yeah, I'm so open, there's no way I can fall. <laughs> right, and he doesn't know what to do in that situation. Yeah, nothing, nothing to do, really. No. So uh, at the half, I was feeling pretty good about my nil-nil uh, prediction. Yeah, I was. Uh, of course, I was sitting at home, and I'm thinking to myself, well, it looks like uh, Michael might have gotten this one right, and I got it wrong. But then it's always nice to have a coach like Oscar Pereja. Yes. who can see what we see on the field and can make adjustments. And so he did that. He brought out Junior Urso to start the second half in place of Perea. It made an immediate impact on the game. Uh, there was a, a quick couple shots by Montreal to start the half. Uh, one was blocked by Moutinho. And, um, you know, so that was good. <laughs> and uh, and then a long-range <laughs> shot that was pretty easy for Galese to corral. So, uh, no harm done on those. And then Orlando City settled in. They started uh, pressing better because it seemed that Urso was not only good at being in the position he needed to be in, but he was also pretty good at getting his teammates, uh, you know, pointing out things that his teammates needed to be doing as well. And, and that experience really came up big, particularly on the second goal. But the 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 the, the midfield just looked so much more in control of the game after the halftime. And, and that was because when he was crowded, he wasn't coughing up the ball like Perea was. He was able to do that thing that Urso always does where he just somehow, I mean, he's a bear. He makes himself as big as a bear and then he makes somebody foul him and he gets a free kick. So he, he can maintain possession, you know, when he gets the ball in troublesome situations and when he doesn't, you know, he, he makes the right decision. Correct. Um, he, he changed the complexion of the game in the midfield, which uh, was what was needed, and that's why Oscar put him in. Um, we should mention that Arahu had a good first half, and I thought he played well overall. You know, he drew a couple fouls, um, you know, pretty good for first time out there for the club and in MLS. So uh, I don't want us to forget about him because he, uh, I thought, as far as debuts go, I thought he had a pretty good one in uh, playing, and especially once Urso came on. Yeah, I thought he had a very strong game, and the only thing, the only blemish on his game was a yellow card that I don't think he earned. I don't think that was a no. yellow cardable offense. I mean, it, it was kind was of at, a, that was at the point where, I mean, yellow cards were flying fast and furious at that point. I did not think much of the refereeing in this game overall, but um, overall it was, I think pretty much the same both directions, but it was a, it, that wasn't a good one. And then the other thing that stuck out to me was uh, when Air Chankara got, onto the uh, pitch late. He had a chance at a breakaway, gets pulled down. It's the denial of goal scoring opportunity. He's the last defender. There's no way anybody's beaten him to the ball, and he's going to be in mm -hmm. alone on goal. You can't assume that the other defender who's not who's behind him is going to catch him from behind and, and, and from the angle and be able to affect his shot. So that, I think, should have been a straight red, but it wasn't. <laughs> it sucks, but it wasn't. So, yeah, uh, anyway, it didn't take Orlando City long to get the lead. A great build-up goal in the 49th minute that ends up on the foot of Pato in front. Uh, that thing started with the long range, a long-range save by Galese on, on a sort of a, a really low percentage op opportunity from the left side from long distance. Uh, El Pulpo, no problem tracking that there was no traffic easy catch for him gets up rolls it out to his teammate and i think it was something like 13 passes later it was in the net uh yep. came through everybody up the right side um, torres was very involved in that goal he's the one that gave it to Pereira, and Pereira unlocked the defense by sticking it behind former lion kamal miller juan had roasted him down the the flank and juan made a good uh, a pretty good cross did get a bit of a deflection and end up behind Pato and pa I thought Pato did a great job of being despite being off balance and the ball being behind him being able to get his body behind the shot and put it in the net to make it one nil yeah so many things went right in that sequence like you said 13 passes um I, I do want to focus on the through ball from Pereira to Ron it was a I went back and watched it it was an absolute thing of beauty I mean just uh, dime perfect, and then yeah, Juan smoked Miller. Um, and it's not that I wanted Kamal to leave this team. I didn't, 
but uh yeah he he got he got absolutely run off on that one and then like i say pato basically was it was two touches and the first touch was absolute perfection and then the second one was milliseconds later because he didn't have a lot of time to put it into the goal and that is that's hard to do and that's one of the things that we had been talking about he has the ability and 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 the quality that he brings we finally got to see it and it's the first goal of the season I was remarking before the game because I was watching them in warm-ups and when they do the shooting drills at the end of warm-ups I was I was just amazed at his his just natural skill with the ball and and with the ball coming no matter where it's coming from no matter what direction with his feet with his head whatever he didn't make every shot but he made nearly every shot and it was it kind of took me back to my hockey days watching uh warm-ups before games and seeing guys like uh Mario Lemieux and Pavel Bure operate in their warm-ups and and how they just made everything look effortless and everything went in the net and the goalkeepers were just like nothing they could do about it and uh it was it was that kind of a vibe that he was giving off and it was good to see him score because nobody needed a goal in purple as badly as Alexander Pato and he and he got it and that is you could see the relief on his face and the excitement that he had and it was it was a great moment for him it was a great moment for the supporters uh and man if we can get those types of performances half the time that's a lot of goals indeed uh the goal was unassisted because of a defender getting a toe on it didn't really affect right. anything about the goal uh i really hate the way that so- i wish soccer did it more like hockey i mean i know they added the hockey assist in mls but i wish they wouldn't wipe out assists because someone got a toenail on a ball uh that yeah. really didn't affect the trajectory or, or where it ended up so uh that's tougher because uh, i call him magic mo and he deserved a secondary assist and juan deserved assist on the play but didn't get one so um then it was uh one nil for a few minutes and then uh 10 minutes after that goal benji michelle scored a goal and this was uh, another great pass from Pereira, and this one was all the bear the bear intercepts a goal kick steps in front of his man picks it off gives it to the guy you should give it to Pereira in the middle with space around him. I mean, that's like stealing. And uh, he gives it to Benji on the left. Benji puts it in. And it's 2-0, 59 minutes in. You're feeling pretty good about that. And then, uh, you know, some subs on the part of uh, Montreal to try to get back in the game. Then Kyoto takes them out of the game in the 66 with his red card for violent conduct. And you're going to get a kick out of this because Robin Janssen's yellow card was given for, and I quote here, other reason. Reasons? Yeah, essentially, it says other reason. So, I don't know what that means. I guess it means Don Garber's in attendance. I probably just should do some things to Orlando uh, just to get in his good graces. Yeah, I I think he might have miscalculated on that, though, because Don coming to the stadium and hanging out with the Wilfs, that's, uh, you know, I alluded to it over the offseason that, uh, you know, hey, maybe uh, that money will change how Don feels. And it it seemed like he had a good time. And I think that was before the the Roman got sent off. So I don't know. That might not have been a good call on his part. (laughs) I don't know, but uh, yeah, so Janssen got a yellow for other reasons, so I don't know, go figure. Uh, Benji came up a little bit lame in the 69th. He seemed to be okay after the game. Uh, Kara made his debut, so the designated player came on in the 69th minute, which was nice. And then, uh, you know, some more subs for Montreal, trying to get back in the game. Vandervater came on then, and Sebas Mendez uh, trying to see out the game. Then Janssen takes the the second yellow, gets thrown out in the 81st minute. Schlegel has to come on in the 83rd minute. Uh, Zhao gets an 85th minute time-wasting yellow card. Ho-hum. But uh, nothing doing. Uh, Even bringing on Lion Killer Kai Kamara in the 73rd did not help Montreal as the final score is 2-0. And as I mentioned, the 
the foul on on Joel Waterman in the 94th minute was uh, it there was denial of a goal scoring opportunity. It's that's too bad. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Kara on a breakaway against Sebastian Brezza. Yeah, it would have been really nice for him to get that uh, get that first goal off of uh, his plate as well. But uh, I'll take a two nil win every single week. Indeed. All right, so. Let's get to our first man of the match of the season. And even though Antonio Carlos was the guy making the team of the week for MLS, I'm going with Pato. I thought that everything Pato did in this game was good. He had the best scoring opportunity the first half with a good header, uh, which he he made a nice play to get to a ball that uh, Kamal Miller kind of made a mess of on a header. And he didn't really have a lot of room, but somehow he generated really good power on the shot with his head. And, and hit it low, and it was just a really good save by Brezza that kept it out. So there was uh, the best scoring chance for the first half. Uh, the other good scoring chance of the first half was uh, Pato laying off for Pereira at the top of the box. Pereira missed the net, which is unfortunate because uh, that would have been an ass- a goal and an assist for the Duck. But uh, Pato was just everywhere. Even in the, late in the second half, seeing out the game, he had a nice play where he was like, I don't know, he must have been like 35 yards out, and there was a ball coming to him. And he had his back to the other end. And rather than risk anything, he saw the field and made a very nice, hard header back to Galese to restart the play. And that's a really veteran heads-up move that most people wouldn't have made. Indeed. Uh, Pato gets my man of the match as well, despite, like you said, Antonio Carlos having a heck of a game. Any other week... Uh, in any other situations, he probably would have gotten it. But um, Pato also early in the game was had good hold up play. I mean, he was uh, he was physical. Um, you know, as they're trying to move the ball, you know, he's taking long balls and holding guys off, getting the play going down the field. I, he did everything that we had been hoping for from the Duck and more. And I. Man, I, I'm very excited for him, and and very excited for us if uh, if this keeps up. Whew, my uh, my wild prediction from the roundtable could come true. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great performance all around, and it's so good to see him. This is a a guy who, I mean, last year there were a lot of derisive comments and a lot of angst, and and obviously some frustration. Which frustration is is understandable. But people were being a little bit nasty when it came to Pato late last year because he had missed so much time. And, you know, some of them were just, you know, kind of like, ha-ha, you know, who, 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 Pato, who, who's that? You know, that's one thing. But, I mean, I saw people that questioned him, uh, his commitment to the team. He's only here to go on vacation to Disney with his kids and just some really asinine stuff that some people were saying. And this is a guy, no matter how frustrated fans were that he wasn't on the field and it was nothing compared to how frustrated he was uh, for not being able to get on the field and you saw that come out like you said the relief when he scored he celebrated with his teammates he celebrated with his he ran over to Oscar Pereira uh, Preha sorry there's, I'm going to do that a lot this year there's so many guys with the same name <laughs> uh, ran over to Oscar and you know gave him a big hug it was a, a nice moment on the sideline I don't think the uh, the cameras picked it up I thought I saw him give him a Peck on the on the top of the head too. <laughs> it was, uh, but I you know I I asked Oscar after the game about it, uh, you know about that moment, and he just said you know he wor- he knows how hard that Pato works, and they all took such joy in that goal, um, and uh, and Pato too. He he was relieved to get the the monkey off his back and sort of exercise some of the demons, and and he wants to perform well for this crowd for this club. His teammates seem to have a general, genuine affection for him and vice versa. Uh, the joy that was on his face. I, I've never seen a player in, this is now seven years in one game, I had never seen a player bring their Man of the Match trophy to the press conference before. And he did okay. that. <laughs> and, then, and then put it in the seat with a seatbelt around it on the, on the ride home. And yeah. tweet about it. <laughs> Got to keep it safe. Got to keep it secure. So yeah, it was... Um, he still plays with that, that youthful enthusiasm and it, it was good to see, uh, Pato score that. So, uh, if he can stay healthy, that's going to go a long way towards helping replace the offense that, you know, left the team in the off season. 
Yes, it is. It absolutely is. If if you have Pato operating at that level, and then Car that gives Kara time to come in and get adjusted to MLS and get his feet under him, and then you've got both of them. Grant, not probably not going to be on the field at the same time, but being able to go back and forth between those two, ooh, there is no letdown then. It's like having the least expensive designated player in the league. It's two aces. Two aces. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, congrats to Orlando City for uh, staying undefeated in season openers and finally getting a win in a season opener. And now, Dave, I don't know if you know this, but you can't score on Oscar Pereja's team in the season opener. He's not. His team has not conceded a goal since he's been at Orlando City in a season opener. Two nil-nil draws and a two-nil win. Yeah, and with that defense being intact from you know the last couple of years, they're just they're going to be better. Um, you know, Rob. Yeah, Robin will be out for the next match, but that's just one match. And if you know, once again, everybody stays healthy and you're able to rotate here and there, man, that's you're we're potentially looking at one of the better defenses in the league, which they started out last season being, and then, you know, things happen. But if, if they can keep that rolling, Oh man, defense wins championships. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's touch on some of the other news from the last week. Uh, Mauricio Pereira was named captain of the team. Not a huge surprise there. We surmised that it would likely be him or maybe mm -hmm. Junior Urso. And in, indeed it was Pereira uh, wearing the, the armband on uh, Sunday. And uh, that was announced, I think, on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we have heard a further confirmation from a very reliable source, that source being Paul Tenorio of The Athletic. Mm -hmm. He has a source that says, yes, indeed, Gaston Gonzalez will be here in May. He will be signing. It's not done yet, but it's uh, just a matter of putting the uh, the final details to rest. And uh, Gaston Gonzalez, another winger, will be coming to MLS in uh, May and be coming to Orlando City. So another uh, young winger. And he is a guy who will probably be a U-22 initiative kid. And the other bomb that uh, Tenorio dropped is that uh, something that we had talked about here on the show is that this is a team that could potentially buy down Mauricio Pereira below DP level if they need to buy another good player uh, in the uh, secondary window. So he has confirmed that, yeah, they have that flexibility to do that. And that's pretty exciting having a, you know, that, that kind of an ownership group that are like, yeah, if we're close and we need one more good player, we'll just buy Mo down and uh, get us another DP in here. Yeah, that's uh, a little summertime reinforcements. Certainly won't hurt my feelings at all. And uh, Gonzalez, you look, we know Paul, and if he's if he's putting that, he doesn't put out stuff like that lightly. So I feel pretty good about that. And then uh, yeah, if we get another DP level guy. Whoo boy. Yeah, so that was uh, that's it's usually bankable when when Paul Tenorio reports something is usually something you could take to the bank. So I'm going to assume that we'll be seeing Gaston Gonzalez in uh, May. So team's got to hang on and and scrape out some wins and uh, you know stay in this thing. And Gonzalez can come in and help the team give some more depth, maybe provide some additional dynamic play on the wing. And this team is all of a sudden looks not only poised to maybe do well this year, I still have some concerns and, and, you know, we don't know how good Montreal is. Uh, I do still have some concerns, but, uh, they look like they're competitive already and they look like they're set up for the future with all these young guys. They absolutely do. And they look, they look hungry. They really, really truly do. I mean, coming in first match and, to a man, every single one of them looks hungry. Pato looks hungry. AC, good God, I thought he was going to chew the field. Um, and, you know, everybody playing that well first match out, Oscar has really gotten them ready. I'm very, very excited. Like you said, we don't know how good Montreal is, and we've got to go on the road to Chicago, which is never easy for Orlando. But, whew, I'm, uh, I, I feel a lot better after that first match than you and I were predicting, so... Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think 
that partly we I think we took into account the fact that Montreal had played a couple of games already that was going to work in their favor but the other thing that we really didn't think about too much is that maybe they weren't in shape to go short rest mm-hmm. and it did seem like the second half even though Urso did change the game it did seem like that hot Florida sun on Sunday uh, helped the Lions and we've we've not seen a lot of of home field advantage in the first seven years of this team, despite being in this climate, we haven't seen that level of maybe the maybe the weather and maybe the climate has taken its toll on the opponent. Well, and for it to happen in February, <laughs> the one month that any other team is like, yes, if we got to go to Orlando, let's go in February. Yeah, but it was hot. It was a hot day on on Sunday and uh, very sunny, it? and I, there were there was water. It was you know hydration breaks and. Mm-hmm. So the wet bulb temperature must have been high enough. Yep. So yeah, it was uh, it was pretty crazy. Uh, the other last bit of news from the Lions is that the broadcast teams were announced uh, at the end of last week. And um, you remember the guys from last year? Yep. Same guys. All right. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still on Fox 35 Plus uh, and the Lion Nation app for home broadcasts. And um, yeah, it's not. Uh, not a, not a lot of changes. Not not a lot of going on. It's uh, Scott Harris on the radio. It's uh, Evan Weston on TV, and um, Miguel Gallardo doing color on TV, and uh, Paul Shaw on the radio, and then of course uh, you know this the same Hispanic uh, the same Spanish uh, broadcast team is uh, is back in place again this year. So all the stations are the same, and all the people are the same. So uh, welcome back, everybody. Yes. Glad to have you. All right, Dave. We got some pride stuff to talk about. We got a little bit of OCB news. We got our we got our mailbag box, and of course, we got our uh, key matchups and predictions for the Chicago Fire game coming up this Saturday. We're going to get to all of that right after this. And we're back, Dave. Let's talk a little Orlando Pride, because Mm -hmm. why not? We like the Orlando Pride. We cheer for the Orlando Pride. We are here for the Orlando Pride. And the Pride went out and played the University of South Florida in a scrimmage since our last discussion, Dave. Yes, they did. And the Pride, after a 1-1 draw against UCF, goes out and... Takes care of business against South Florida with a 4-0 victory. Newcomer Darian Jenkins with two goals. That's the former UCLA player who uh, once played for Amanda Cromwell and now is an uh, an NWSL player playing for Amanda Cromwell. And uh, we had non-roster invitee Tyus Rice getting Mm -hmm. a goal and Erica Timrak scoring a goal. So 4-0 and the pride starting to get things together in preparation for the season. I don't know that we can really read a lot into this preseason win, um, given that they just typically don't have trouble with USF in the preseason scrimmages, but uh, it's nice to see Darian Jenkins getting on the score sheet. It is, and Tim Rack as well. And then, you know, like you said, there's non-roster invitee, uh, at least one out there. So uh, there's a lot of experimentation still going on. There's a lot of everybody getting to know each other still going on. There's plenty of new players uh, plus, you know, new coaches. So there's still a lot to do. Um, Doesn't mean I'm not looking forward to seeing the product once we're able to, because I absolutely am. But for now, um, just be patient, give them time and, and let Cromwell do her thing. Yeah. And we're going to get our first look at the team on Wednesday with the uh, preseason game against the Kansas City Current. Our Sean Rollins will be out there. I don't believe it's it's not going to be televised anywhere. So um, probably just uh, just follow follow us on Twitter, and Sean will give updates during the game, and we'll have a recap, and uh, we'll have quotes from Amanda Cromwell, all that good stuff. So it's uh, we're, we're here, man. The season is getting ready to start. We already uh, uh, have a game coming up that we can, you know, at least people can go to. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a good thing. So we're uh, hopeful that the Pride can go out and beat an NWSL opponent on Wednesday and continue uh, to gel as a team. The uh, team, Dave, will be playing 
in the Challenge Cup soon, as you know. Yep. And part of playing in the Challenge Cup is that this team is going to have to have somewhere to broadcast the games. And we didn't know where until today. It was announced today, as you and I record this on the 1st of March, the Tuesday night. This will drop on Wednesday the 2nd. Uh, that the Pride will be on Paramount Plus for the Challenge Cup and internationally on Twitch. And uh, some of the NWSL games will be on television, on CBS Sportsnet and that kind of thing. But they have opted not to show the Pride on television, just on the uh, Paramount Plus service and uh, and Twitch. So uh, that's where you can catch the Pride. Well, and I will be able to catch the ride because I do have Paramount Plus. I have all the streaming mm-hmm. services because I try to find all the soccer, and mm-hmm. that means having all the streaming services. Samesies, uh, I do have uh, the Paramount Plus as well, so that's fun. That's fun for me. Yeah, so it's fun for <laughs> pay, you know paying for all these services. It's great. Yeah, uh, I think that's it for the Pride news this week, but that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. So I uh, think we should turn our attention to OCB. Yes, there's OCB news, Dave. Ooh, is it a minute or more than a minute or less it's than a minute? more than a minute because we haven't seen them play yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, if they do as well as the uh, the U15s and U17s are doing, then that's oh, probably man. pretty good because those teams are playing pretty well. The, the, the U15 and U17 teams swept their weekend games with wins mm-hmm. over Montreal and Toronto on uh, Saturday and Sunday. So congratulations to the Academy kids and uh, the OCB guys. Well, we know kind of who, where, when they're going to be playing now, which is important. I think it's important, uh, especially for the players and for the coaches to know what cities they need to go to and when. It makes it easier to play the matches, that's for sure. It does. It's so much more organized when you know where it is. So, yeah, there, uh, the 2022 MLS Next Pro schedule was released on February 24th, which was, what, a week ago? Yes. All right. Yeah, it was a week ago. And yeah. Probably we should have had this on last week's show. Did we not talk about this last week? Probably should have talked about it last week. Oh, maybe. well. Maybe it came out the week day before the show. I don't remember. It's been a long week already, and it's only Tuesday. So yes, it has. <laughs> the, uh, the schedule was released, and we know that the team will begin the year on March 26th uh, when, the Chicago, when Chicago Fire 2 come to Osceola County Stadium at 3 p.m. Uh, this will be a pair of home games to start the year. They'll play again at home on April 3rd against New York City FC 2. And it's funny because some of the teams in the MLS Next Pro have the the Roman numeral 2. Some have Mm -hmm. an actual, like, a regular 2 in their Mm -hmm. name. And, of course, there's OCB, Orlando City B, which goes with a letter instead of a number. And it all means the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Developmental sides. uh, The Young Lions will play at New York City FC Two, Inter Miami 2, Columbus Crew 2, New England Revolution 2, Philadelphia Union 2, NFC Cincinnati 2, three times each. Uh, they will, um, you know, that's that's pretty cool. They're going to face the Fire 2, Rochester, New York FC, and Toronto FC 2 twice. Uh, so that's their, that's their schedule. So they're going to play in Kissimmee at Osceola County Stadium, as we mentioned, right mm-hmm. next to the team's training facility. So it's nice and easy. They don't have to go very far. Nope. <laughs> you, uh, you and I don't have to go far. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a long drive for you. And yeah. it's not a short drive for me either because uh, Kissimmee, Sanford to Kissimmee is, uh, is long. But um, 24 games, 12 at home, 12 on the road, as you would expect. And uh, the season ends on September 18th. So, um, yeah, uh, you'll be able to go to these games if you want. You can go see the Young Lions play. We're going to try to cover what we can. And I believe all of these games are going to be uh, live streamed on MLSNextPro.com. So I don't know if they're going to stay up. You know, like how if you miss a game on um, ESPN Plus, you can go back and watch it or whatever. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's what we're going to get with this. I haven't found that out, but... um, 
you know, when we ask, people seem to not know. They say, oh, I assume so. And then you go, wait a minute, why are you assuming? <laughs> aren't, aren't you supposed to know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes MLS isn't great with telling people things. That can happen. Um, yeah. Especially when it comes to something like, you know, developmental sides. It's It seems to be, um, unfortunately, not as much manpower and, and, and thought put into some of the stuff that that is coming, but uh, it's going to be good to have OCB back, and it kind of completes the pyramid again for uh, Orlando City, and, and and even though the OCB hasn't done historically very well, um, I think we're starting to see players come in, and, and uh, in, in this academy, we're seeing growth in the academy, we're seeing the academy mm-hmm. kids winning games that they used to not win, and um, you know, you might get to see like draft pick Jack Lynn play some games there, maybe Thomas Williams gets a gets a lot of games there that kind of thing so pretty exciting it's it's, uh it's building from the ground up which is what uh oscar and company are wanting to do with that and and Lucy. and it's we're like you said we're already seeing it at the 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 younger levels and that's going to trickle on up which is the way things should go yeah all right uh that's it for ocb that was more than a minute it was more than a minute good for you guys (laughs) And I would say that was probably five at least, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Probably. I didn't, I didn't count it. Uh, I don't have a. I don't have a timer on me. Well, but... say it's five. <laughs> All right, so uh, it's time for the mailbag box, Dave. Love the mailbag box. You can ask us anything here at the Mainland Podcast. Two ways. Two ways to do it. One way is like probably good for you. One of these two ways is good for you. One might not be as convenient. You can go on Twitter if you're a Twitter person and just, uh, you know, shout at us. We're at the mainland is our Twitter handle. Use the hashtag AskTMLPC. Or you can email us, themainland at gmail.com. So either way is good. They both work kind of the same. You know, it's not a lot of difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get us either way. And we will answer all your questions. And uh, we'll we'll give you an answer. And sometimes that answer will be a good one. Sometimes it'll just be whatever, because <laughs> sometimes the question is whatever, <laughs> and sometimes it's just something we don't know. Like if you ask us, uh, you know, about sciencey yeah, stuff, we, yeah, we might not know some of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, we'll give you an answer. It just you might not want to go do a speech. You might not want to go talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson about it and <laughs> act like you know what you're talking. about. Well, the guys on the mainland said, yeah, don't give a it, TED talk about it. No, no, definitely don't do that. <laughs> All right, so uh, that said, let's get to this week's questions. We have one in the mailbox this week from our good friend Tiger Tamer 33, right. friend of the pod, and he wants to know, with the new additions in the offseason, what are your first choice starting lineups for me? The only other person I wanted to see start was Van der Uh I'd like to see our designated player, Kara, start. Uh, that would be my, that would be my uh, choice if I had a, a non-starter from from the weekend to start, and I would have uh, liked to have gone with Mendez or Urso off the jump uh, rather than Perea. I have no doubt Perea will be a good player. I have no doubt that he's a talented kid. Uh, the, the guys love him. Perea loves him. Uh, they have a lot of confidence in him. I think he's going to develop into a great player, but I didn't think he was there yet, and I think there are better options. So um, those are the only guys I would have liked to have seen in the starting lineup that weren't and, and who would have had to sit there. Well, I don't know. I, I've, I've kind of come to grips with the thought that maybe this team's best alignment might be a four, four, two diamond, but, um, and that way you can play Pato and Kara together, uh, or Kara can, or Pato can play the wing, uh, in a four, three, three. So that's a possibility too. So, uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Uh, if you can have, you know, I mentioned earlier the two aces, you can have both aces in your hand uh, and or on the pitch at the same time. That's a good thing. Uh, obviously, back line, starting back line that you saw, that's the one that we would want. And then like you, I would have liked to have seen either Mendez or Urso uh, earlier on. And, you know, we're not going to get that because Robin's out this coming weekend, but um we could get the rest of it with Schlegel slotting in for him. And, well, no, we probably won't get the Kyra and Pato thing. We won't get what we want, but we'll get close. Yeah. 
I, I, I never get what I want, so I'm uh, I'm used to it. I'm used to not get so, what I want. So when you order a pizza, they send it with toppings you didn't want? That has happened on multiple occasions, so yes. I'm <laughs> impressed when they get it right. And especially if it's a, like a difficult thing, like it's like, oh, half cheese and half, I don't know, pepperoni and banana pepper. It's like, I mean, okay. Then it's usually like, cheese and pepperoni on one side and cheese and banana pepper on the other and then my daughter looks at me with sad face and because uh, she doesn't want to eat either of those items she mm-hmm. just wants cheese pizza and so yeah that happens a lot uh i get i get wrong food in the drive-thru a lot i get uh well, when i ask them to leave things off they they put extra on sometimes it's like no mayo i'll show him put half a can of mayo on here yeah, that unfortunately happens all too often through the drive-thru. There's a movie quote that we won't say about yes. that, but yeah. That happens. That actually happens. All right, what a, that's all we got. What would we do in uh, in the old uh, Twitter? What, what do we got going on there? Is there anything going on there? We do have one in the Twitters from Friend of the Pod, Ryan Smith, who this week did a good job by not giving us homework. Good so job, Ryan. Ryan. Yep. All right. Brian asks, early season predictions on who finishes the team with the most yellows this season. He says he's taking Araujo bruiser mentality and trying to keep that spot locked down. And I assume he doesn't mean other friend of the pod spot. I think he means the spot on the field. Okay. Um, I think it could be Araujo. Uh, He has already got one that he didn't really deserve, in my opinion. Um I think, though, that there's several guys on this team that can't stop themselves from getting yellow cards. One of them is Robin Janssen. He likes to yell at referees, and they don't like to be yelled at. They're human beings, and human beings tend to not like it when people yell at them. Other um, reasons. Yeah. So he he's a candidate. Mendez is a candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say... Um, Pereira is a candidate because he he gets a lot of those trying to win the ball back yellows, you know, where he mm-hmm. swipes and doesn't get the ball and gets a leg instead. And uh, he tends to not get the benefit of that first foul. It's just like, oh. <laughs> uh, but then again, too, when he lunges, sometimes it's not the best lunge. And sometimes he does get a lot of foot or a lot of leg uh, accidentally. He's just It's just one of those things where your brain says, hey, you're still just as fast as you were when you were 24. Don't worry about it. Go, f- go get the ball, and yeah, your you body goes. And your body goes. No, north of 30. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and that if if you are uh, of that age, you know what I'm talking about. Your brain says, "Hey, I'm I'm still pretty quick. I'm, pr- I'm pretty uh, pretty good at this." And no, you're not. Your body's not able to do that. And um, one of the places where I have discovered that. To my much to my chagrin is, uh, and especially in recent years, obviously because I'm 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 old as the hills. But like when I got into my upper thirties and I started to try to make the same basketball moves that I used to make, I mean people would just look at me <laughs> like, <laughs> "What are you doing? <laughs> you didn't go anywhere." <laughs> that was that was quite the shimmy you did there, but you didn't move, sir. Yeah, uh, I used to do be able to do the you know the old point guard blow by and just. You know, go by people, and now they just still get there before me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how that was supposed to work. Yeah. My, yes, my brain's just going. Yeah, just do the blow by. Yeah, do the head fake. You know, fake, fake the shot. Do the blow by, and I do the head fake, and then one step into my blow by, the guy's already waiting for me under the net, like like yawning. You need to do a double head fake. That's <laughs> yeah. What you're missing. yeah, maybe that's it. Uh, so, uh, and and what do you think? Do you think somebody's got a better shot than someone else to get a yellow, get the most yellows? I I think it will be the defender. Um, well, I was going to say the defender with the most minutes, but that's not even going to be it because AC can have the most, and I don't think he'll have the most yellows. So, um, hmm. Yeah, the guys you mentioned, Janssen's a good possibility, uh, Urso. Um, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Robin because he's, he's technically already has two. Um, so Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so he's he's off he's off to the races. He's got a good start. So I'm gonna say him, but I I, I could be argued into any of the other people, including Ryan's pick, uh, yeah. at any point. Robin leads MLS in yellow cards right now. Yes, he does. So no I'm one has no one has more than two. I'm just picking the front runner. That's all. There you go. That's 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 not a bad strategy, really, if you think about it. Yeah. People get people take a lot of flack for for you know jumping on the favorites, but uh, something to be said for going with the favorite. Absolutely. All right. Uh, that's it for the questions this week. That's everything we got. Empty mailbag box. It's pristine. It's ready for your questions for next week. Two ways to hit us up on Twitter at the mainland hashtag AskTMLPC. Or hit us up in the mailbox, themainland at gmail.com, and you can ask TMLPC that hashtag in the subject line so that I know what the heck is going on when I see your email. Uh, And that's how you do it. Uh, One thing we would like you to do is something that no one's been doing, and that's to go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now, your app on your phone, uh, on your iPhone where you get your podcasts from, Go there and, and give us a star rating. And if it's a five-star rating and you write a review, we will read that on the air. And we would really love to have it because the more ratings, the more reviews you get, you climb the rankings. And people see you. You are more likely to be shown to somebody or recommended by the app. And that would be good for us. It costs you nothing. It takes you just seconds. And you could help us out. And, and maybe you don't want to help us out. Maybe you're a meanie. Uh, I don't like the meanies, especially the blue meanies. Don't be a meanie. Uh, just just do this for Dave. Do this for Dave's health. It really does, guys. My mental state of being, and that needs a lot of help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. All right. We've got one order of business left, Dave. Oh, okay. We've got key matchups. We've got score predictions. Orlando City going to Chicago, a place where they have not performed well in many years and have gotten absolutely blasted several times, including last year. Uh, What's going to happen? What's your key matchup? And what is your score prediction for Saturday? Remember, there will be no Robin Janssen. There is no Robin Janssen, and that, uh, that leads into my my key matchup there. So the the D mids and the back line uh, are going to be where the battle is more lost. And, you know, you've got your, your usual uh, Casper Przybilko, never say that name that you got to worry about. Shabilko. Shabilko. Thank you. And then there's that guy they signed who I'm pretty familiar with. uh, One, uh, Jordan Shakiri, And he's pretty, Good, haven't played with my Liverpool back in the day, and uh, looked like he had a decent first match uh, in MLS. So that's a that's another wrinkle that we have to deal with with Chicago. So how do the uh, the D mids and the back line deal with those two guys in particular? As far as a outcome, um, you know, I predicted a draw in the opener, and we got to win. So I'm going to keep going with what's working. I'm going to say one one draw. At Chicago. Ah, he took my score. Took my score. Uh, I think the, I think you you hit it right. I think the big matchup is going to be keeping Shakiri in check, keeping Shabilko in check. These are guys that, uh, well, Shabilko anyway is not a guy who's been able to be kept in check by Orlando City in the past. Sometimes mm-hmm. he just elbows you in the face, and then he gets to stay in the game and score goals against you. And because why not? And and Rob Roberto Schlegel, uh, Rodrigo Schlegel, I should say, not Roberto. That's probably not even uh, an existing brother, but or it's his evil twin. <laughs> yeah, Roberto is his evil twin. Rodrigo Schlegel. It's been a long couple days. Um, I blame I blame traffic for my discombobularity today. That's not even a word either, but I just used it. Um, so anyway, Schlegel is in this game, and as you'll recall, in that Philly game on the road last year, it was he. Who got elbowed in the head? Mm-hmm. It was. So, I think one of the key but matchups is how to not get elbowed in the head, or okay. to get elbowed in the head in such a way that the 
the correct call of red card actually happens. Ooh, that's uh, that's a level of difficulty there. Yeah, I think what you need to do is just sp- sprout a gusher and just have the blood just spurting out. That's something that can't be ignored. Yeah, and and you've got to turn your head side to side like a sprinkler and make sure that you're getting the ref with it. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty gross. It's pretty gross, uh, pretty vivid uh, imagery and pretty gross imagery. So, uh, yeah, it's it's, the key matchup is is totally uh, how do they defend those dynamic players. Uh, And I, I too, think 1-1 draw sounds right. I think... Chicago's going to be at home for the first time. They're going to be uh, very excited to be at home, uh, pumped mm-hmm. up for that home opener. Everybody's pumped up for the home opener. It's hard to win on the road in MLS anyway. Uh, home openers, there's usually a little bit of extra energy. I think that the team, you know, some of those guys that haven't quite come together yet for Chicago probably will play a little better. Shakiri probably at home will play better, uh, even than he did at Miami. So, yeah, I think 1-1 one, one or why don't I say 2-2 two, two just so we are different? Okay. Okay, so I'll say 2-2 two, two draw and you say 1-1. One, one. And that's, and I think that's optimistic. It's going to be hard to score uh, a couple of goals on the road. But um, we will see how it goes. I'm I'm a little concerned with uh, with Schlegel um, against Shabilko because, I mean, the guy's good. And it usually doesn't even matter who's defending for Orlando City. Uh, he's usually able to come up with a goal or two. So we'll see what the Lions can do. And that's the the great thing is we only have to wait a few more days to see what happens. Very much so. All right. So that will do it unless there's anything else you uh, need to discuss today. I don't think so. You, I feel like you and I have talked a lot since the last podcast. So Yes, we've talked a lot. And I'm tired. <laughs> All right, uh, that's going to do it for whatever episode I said this was. 284, I believe, was the number. And so since that will do it, we'll get out of here, and we'll come back next week. We'll talk about Orlando City at Chicago. Hopefully the Lions can keep it going. The uh, Pride will be playing not only Wednesday at home against uh, Kansas City Current, but also they've got a Florida State uh scrimmage on Saturday so we've got a couple of uh, pride things to talk about next week and who knows what else we'll learn maybe the NWSL will finally give us a regular season schedule I mean one can dream oh to dream of a schedule yes perchance to dream of a schedule uh and then um you know who knows what else whatever else comes up we will talk about all of it next week please go to the mainland.com and read our lovely words about Orlando City and the Orlando Pride. We would really like you to do that. We, of course, would like it if you liked us on Facebook. And uh, follow Dave on Twitter, at Mainland Dave. Follow me, at Mainland Michael, and follow the Mainland at the Mainland. I think that's everything. I think you're right. Subscribe to the podcast. If you're not a subscriber and you're just kind of a casual downloader, go ahead and hit the, just go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Just subscribe. And if you're a subscriber... Go ahead and do a review. Yeah. Leave a rating. Tell us what you think we deserve. And think we deserve a five, if you could. If you could think that, that'd be great. And, uh, and then write a review. We'll read it on the air. You know, you could you could send, you know, your, your girlfriend a birthday message through this, this five-star review. I mean, there's no telling what you could do if you're creative. I mean, we're pretty much like uh, uh, Ron Burgundy. We're going to read what you put. Whatever's on the prompter there, assuming it doesn't break any FCC violations or anything like that, we're going to read it. Yeah, I mean, it could be something simple like, um, you know, <laughs> you know, you could say, uh, this is my favorite Orlando City podcast, and that's a long fly ball by Castellanos. You could be creative with it. You could say, that's, you know, Mike and you know Michael and Dave do a great job breaking down Orlando City's games, and also uh, happy 16th birthday, Michelle. Yeah, you could even be like uh, at the beginning, give us some directions, and be like, uh, "I would like you to read this as if you were Roy Kent," and we'll do our best to do. No, that. 
No. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get out of here. We're getting silly, er, silly, er. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. Really appreciate it. One uh, O and O, your Lions going into week two. We'll come back and we'll see if we can keep this thing going. Uh, Cincinnati's the week after, so if they get a go, go get a uh, get a road win or some kind of result on the road, this could be a really good start to the season. Which uh, considering. That uh, you know they're waiting on Gaston Gonzalez and and Kara's getting fit and that kind of thing. It's it would be good if they can get results early because you know it, this team should only get better as the season goes on. Exactly right. All right, thanks everybody for listening. Nothing left to do but say go City and go Pride.